Hi there, thanks for joining us. On this week's podcast, we speak to the investment banker who turned his hand to home care, the Australian business that set up a European headquarters in Cork, and the right man to sort your carpet. Three great businesses, all operating on Leaside. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com. My next guest is somebody who is in a very competitive market space, which is providing care at home. So why did he decide to do it and what makes his business different from the rest? Keanu O'Sullivan, owner of Right at Home. You're very welcome to Red Business. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. How did you end up in this space? So um, I suppose to, to go back a number of years. So um, um, so I, I, I lived in London for about 15 years. Um, uh, while I was there, I worked in management consultancy, um, primarily in kind of health and pharmaceutical, uh, but also in, in investment banking. So um, what kind of got me into um, home care, uh, really? So, you know, kind of during my time working in, in healthcare, I worked for, you know, projects for the NHS. Um, and I, all, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed um, working on projects that, that, that were helping people directly. Um, There's quite a swing on the pendulum there from investment banker to, to working directly with people in the health service, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, that's the, I suppose, you know, I mean, uh, I suppose my, my background would be um, where I'd be the, the, the guy that was kind of dropped into a company um, and there to, to, to fix something. So to, to support the people there and fix things. So, um you know, really around, you know, around that time that I was working in the NHS um, my own grandmother, um, who was, you know, in her in her uh, late 80s um, needed home care. Um, and I saw how much I saw how much um, it really helped her and helped, uh, I suppose, my family in terms of the, the support that it gave. Um, and it never really kind of left me. It's, you know, it's something um, something I was always passionate about was starting my own business um, and helping people as well, um, and I kind of couldn't really shake it off. So, um, you know, that was probably about six or seven years ago, um, um, and you know, since then I've been kind of looking into it. Um, and in the last year, I've come back to Cork, uh, come back to Cork, um, and I've set up uh, right at home. Are you the classic Cork boomerang? You went away for a few years, then you realised, you know what, I'd love to go home. Is that, is that um, what happened? Um, I I don't know if I'm the, the quite boomerang. I suppose you know. I, I suppose when you're in in London, the way people always ask you, you know, are are you are you going to move home and all that, or when you're moving home, um, I, you know, I think um, um, you know that the time was right. You know, everything kind of fell into place in terms of, um, you know, kind of time of life, uh, experience, and what what me and I suppose with, with my family as well. Um, what we wanted to do next. So this company, Right at Home, it, it is a pretty big company. I think it's a US company originally. There's 500 offices worldwide and you're heading up the, the Cork outfit. Would that be a fair description? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like you said, there's uh, 500 offices um, uh, worldwide. Uh, right at Home are in um, countries the US, Australia, Japan, China, um, the and UK. Does, does the model change across those different countries? Because you have different services, different standards care, uh, different state offerings, private offerings, or is, is there a universal thread running through it? There is, I suppose, there is a, a, a universal thread, I suppose. Um, I suppose each, you know, for each country, obviously, you, you tailor the services in terms of how you deliver them. But, the, you know, there is a there is a, a theme there in terms of, you know, delivering um, quality care 
and you know delivering the the, the um, delivering the the right services um, at the the right time. So I mean, the model is very simple insofar as you're going to go in and provide help. Many people would call it home help, like the traditional HSE yeah, home help yeah. service. But is is it just limited to that type of care, or is it just to help people to maintain that independence in their home if if they can afford a couple of hours a week just to get things done? Yeah, so I suppose the services that we provide um, the services that we provide um, are anything from um, companionship um, to housekeeping to preparation of, of meals um, to personal care. So personal care that would be helping people getting up in the morning, getting dressed, um, showering um, to 24 hour care. So, you know, we'd we'd supply that range of services, um, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I mentioned, it's a competitive space. I mean, I can think of the names of at least three competitor companies that out of deference do sitting in front of me, I won't name right now. But what makes your company different? Um, I think, I suppose, the, the, the company, I think that the companies are, are only as strong, I think, as the, the, the people that are uh, the people that are running them. Um, I'm very passionate about um, Right at Home and making a success of it. Um, I think with, with my background in, in consulting and experience that I have, that I can make... Um, you know, make a, a success of it. Um, the other thing is in terms of the, the training that we offer um, and the, the carers that we recruit. So we go through um, a rigorous recruitment process where, um, you know, we, we interview all our, our carers. Um, what we do is uh, then we, we go through um, guard vetting with them and uh, background checks uh, and we do uh, training with them as well. So I suppose for me in supplying the best service that we can, it's all about having the best carers um, and supporting those carers as well to, to deliver the services. Your plans are to what? Create how many jobs by the end of next year? Um, so we're looking at creating um, 30 jobs um, by the, the, the end of this year. Um, and I think we can um, definitely meet that um, and exceed that. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, the website, if people are looking for details, is? Yeah, so the website is rightathome.ie. Okay, Keanu Sullivan, the uh, owner of Right at Home here in Cork, I wish you and all your staff the very best. Thanks for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. Business has come in all shapes and sizes in this fine county of ours. But the one thing we all like is a decent floor on all of those businesses. And my next guest is somebody who could sort you out for that. He is the owner of Area Carpets and Flooring, Dave Neary. How are you? How are you doing? Dave, tell me a little bit about the business. So it started up in uh, 2014. Um, I started primarily doing residential and small commercial projects. Uh, I started in Sweet Cottage. I had a section of their furniture showroom in Ballinray and Carrigaline. Uh, so over the years we've evolved. We actually we closed down our showroom to, to focus on our call-out service. We're doing a lot, I, I suppose... In 2016, 2017, 90% or 95% of my business was done in the client's house. You see, this is the, this is what's different about you, right? If, if you told me I had to buy a carpet, I think of four or five places I probably went to about 20 years ago. I don't know if any of them are still there. Um, but it was always go to the showroom, look at the swatches. You know, you might have a look at something that's hanging on the wall. Is that not yeah. how you do it? Well, uh, it can be done. It can be way. done. It's for me personally, I have a young family myself. I know how difficult it is. Number one, if yourself and your wife have to make a decision together inside in a showroom, 
it can be quite difficult. It's time consuming trying to manage the two kids or get someone to come mind them, whatever. Or should they be hiding behind the carpets? Exactly. I mean, I've lost children in those kind of places. <laughs> and that's, I found most of them, but you know, the odd one will get away. Yeah, that's exactly it. For that. And the other advantage is to it too, when you look at a product in its own natural light next to its own fabrics, the fabrics you're going to be using against it next to the paints, it looks completely different than it does under showroom lighting. So like someone used to come into a showroom and they take it, they try and take a sample away. Some shops won't allow that. Like, whereas we can go in, it's we'll we'll get the product selected on site, um, and they can. It, it's easier to make the selection. Put it that way, and it's more convenient for the client too. It is a modern world. Do mm. you use any kind of digital ways, digital tricks to try and help people pick make, what make the their choice decisions. is? Yeah, uh, I've looked at all that, and it's 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 very difficult to do that. Uh, to make it look, you know, exactly right. There is ways of doing it. And with certain types of flooring, it's it's easier to do. But there's nothing like bringing a large sample and putting it against the existing space and, you know, in the existing light, with existing fabrics, etc. you know. So that's the domestic side of it. So that yeah. that's, you know, Mrs. Brown looking for a new carpet. But if you were to look at the commercial side of it, let's face it, in the terms of your business, bigger floor space. Exactly. Yeah. ching So well, how, how do you still go around in the same model it, it, it was always that way in commercial flooring anyway but like our biggest I, I suppose our biggest wins from a commercial perspective is we do an awful lot of office fit out and office refit but what we do is we come in and we'll do it out, outside of normal working hours weekends uh, evening times whatever and when a client walks out of their office on a Friday afternoon they don't touch anything they come back on a Monday morning everything's completed with new flooring like so is that very antisocial for you because you have to be fitting stuff for the weekends it, it, it would be there'd, there'd be some evenings and some weekends it would be but like in saying that we don't work every weekend we're we're kind of a family oriented business like the, the lads have kids as well like you know what I mean so we kind of pick and choose and we work around that but that's I suppose it's um we'll do the real awkward stuff weekends outside the normal working hours and generally clients will work with you and allow you to do other stuff during the day then as well, you know. They do say there's no allowing for taste. Uh, do you find sometimes you have to bite your tongue going, Good God, what are you putting that down for? One hundred percent in the on the but people are getting a lot safer, like, you know, it on the carpets are no longer the pattern stuff isn't as popular as it was years ago. Everyone sticks to neutral colours and they put their flair into the walls into the fabrics etc uh, so generally the carpet mightn't be the, the worst part of it, but what it goes with could be a bit mad there was a phase where we went through everything had to be a wooden floor yeah, 100% and that's wooden floor is still extremely popular but now once you go um, above the, the steps it's all carpets like so staircase landing uh, and bedrooms is generally all carpets in addition to that, like we do, uh, we do laminate wood floors, but laminates seem to be taking over the solids and semi-solids because they're so easy to maintain. You're not sanding and varnishing. They'll take a lot more of a hacking than a semi-solid or solid will. They're a lot more stable of a product. So, um, but uh, And that's generally done right throughout the ground floor of a house or living areas. Like, you know. There was a big thing on Dermot Bannon's Room to Improve recently where he, there was a woman trying to put down wood effect, wood effect tiles. So in other words, it was a tile yes. that looked like wood. And there's a friend of mine afterwards said, I've done exactly the same thing. And I kept going, you're mad. Why would you do that? How you, where, where, where is your stance on the complicated world of wood effect tiles. Uh, look, I think they look they look pretty good in my opinion, to be honest, Chet. They they um 
you know, they can be a bit cold underfoot and what have you. Uh, they mightn't be as soft either if for a child to fall in them, but they look some good wood effect tiles. They look they look quite well. I definitely uh, I've seen them look extremely well in some houses, mm. and I think there's a place for everything. Most definitely, like you know. very generous in your opinion. <laughs> I was a little harsher myself. It's it, uh, look, it's a very competitive world, but your business is growing right now, is it? It is one hundred percent. Yeah, we've uh, we're going to have, I think, between twenty five to thirty five percent growth from uh, seventeen to eighteen. Now that was that was serious. I don't think it'll grow to that tune. 2018 to 2019 but uh, you know it's it's grown we started in 2014 which was a tough year uh, but it's you know it's it's definitely growing and we don't necessarily chase the big huge new fit outs we like the refurb work we we concentrate on small work we're very dedicated to our customers and attention to detail mm. is important to us and the last question I have to ask you Dave what's in your house carpet what's wooden in- floor Tile. What's there? What's in my house? In my house. Oh yeah, with carpets in the bedrooms. Uh, there's a product that I sell called a luxury vinyl tile, uh, which you can put designs and borders in. I have that in all the other spaces and sort of common areas. The the living well, kitchen, come dining, living. Yeah, so your house is your own house is a bit of a show house then. As it well, was. I bring clients up definitely, like you know. <laughs> you'd, so, you'd want to hide the dirty washing. Anyway, well, yeah. Yeah, the wife tells me that. All right, I was, yeah, was going to say, she loves all these people <laughs> coming through the house. Well, uh, what's the website, Dave, if people want to have a look? Uh, www.areacf.ie Okay, Dave Neary, uh, owner of Carpet, Area Carpets and Flooring. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very business. much, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com Next up on Red Business, lots of companies have put their European headquarters in Ireland and Cork has had its fair share of success in attracting them as well. The latest of which is an Australian healthcare software company called HealthKit. And I'm pleased to be joined by one of the founders, Alison Hardacre and the EMEA boss, Michael Malone. Is that a fair description of you both? That's a very fair description. (laughs) You're very welcome uh, to uh, Cork and you're very welcome to Ireland. Tell us a little bit about HealthKit House. Sure. Well, we saw that healthcare has the same problems all over the world. It's hard to find the right practitioner. Doctors are run off their feet running admin when really they should be focusing their time on treating patients. Uh, so we built HealthKit to solve all those problems and make healthcare efficient and then effective and accessible. Um, so we started it six years ago um, and we've now got doctors all over the world using it for um, managing their patient records, invoicing appointments. So in 70 different countries, um, we've started recently translating the software into different languages. Um, and in terms of our services for patients, we're at the forefront um, of people managing their own healthcare. And so we set up the Cork office to provide uh, customer service to our Europe, Middle East and African uh, customers. But also as we've been here, we We've seen there's so many more opportunities as well beyond just customer service, which is a similar path to what a lot of um, companies that come across here do. Michael, you've been in Cork a while and you're going to be based out of here. So uh, what has been your experience of the country so far as someone who's uh, coming in uh, as a visitor and as a businessman? Uh, It's been fantastic. It couldn't be more welcoming. In terms of um, what we're seeing in the market, we're seeing a really rich talent pool people that can do the job and do the job really well. Um, And then also, just being in Cork generally, we're in the health hub of Ireland and it's a fantastic place for HealthKit to be because we're right next to innovative research and also innovative emerging technologies that are occurring in the health space. 
When you talk about your product, uh, you know, we still live in a country where doctors can communicate by fax, which is a form of communication that is rather outdated. How are you going to convince them, Alison, to take HealthKit on board? Well, the fax industry is kept together by the healthcare industry worldwide, including in Australia as well. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen that as, you know, in our country too, that there's been a change over time. Um, at first, when we set up, we first got uh, 400 practitioners using it in 2013. By four, uh, 2014, we had 4,000. Now we're almost 30,000. And it's about providing them software that actually benefits them. And that's about saving them time so that they can treat more patients, but also connecting them. Um, and fax machines are great, uh, but there are various ways you can do it now that have the security requirements that uh, healthcare needs. Yeah, and that's a big challenge because health records are very, very sensitive and you can't let anybody have a look at them. And as a rule, what you have is you've got multiple partners you may in this country have the HSE and then you have the GP surgery and then you might have the private clinic that's done the scan you might have the hospital consultant who has gone elsewhere so joining the dots can be quite tricky Completely, and that's the perfect phrase, joining the dots. That's exactly what we're trying to be. We want to be the infrastructure that connects all of healthcare, be that for patients to track their own healthcare as well as their own patient records, or for practitioners to run the, all their practice and patient records and connect with other doctors. Um, and we've seen, you know, the impact that that's had in the Australian healthcare system. You know, we've almost got 30% market share now in Australia, which is fantastic. Um, and if we can achieve similar growth patterns um, in other markets, we'll be really, really happy because it's all about patient care. Yeah. That's what matters. Michael, breaking it down to, to something we might all understand, how does it work? I mean, is it, is it an app? Is it a computer program? What do doctors uh, end up using? So essentially, um, what we provide is health software that enables any health professional, so be you a GP, um, a physical therapist, osteopath, um, any health professional to run your entire practice in the cloud. So what that means is instead of having to use three or four different types of programs or no programs at all, you have a fully integrated health kit, essentially, so health platform where you can run your entire practice. That means you can focus on what you've been trained to do, which is treating a patient. So when you get all that information, is, is there any way that you can augment what the doctors do? Because, uh, yes, it frees up their time, but you know, is there any way the system can work to benefit the patient to make sure that things are optimised and that the system works to the best of its ability? Absolutely. So at present, patients can access their clinical notes. So that, that's a big thing that we've seen in the market, that patients find it difficult to access their own clinical information. Well, we can't see it. It's, it's in a book somewhere that eventually mm -hmm. other doctors read, but it's not for us mere mortals. That's it, absolutely. And so what we're doing is we're breaking down those information silos for patients. So we're empowering patients to be able to get the best out of their health and realise the best health, comes, health outcomes for themselves. What we found, Alison, when we tried to do this before, is that to, you, you, you can introduce a system, but it might necessarily talk to another system. So mm -hmm. one hospital is system X, another hospital is system Y, and guess what? They can't refer patients between the two. How do you overcome that? Sure, and I think it's about overcoming the fax machine. It's about secure messaging between systems. We've built HealthKit to be incredibly integratable, um, so across other systems, government platforms, etc. But more importantly, as we grow, we start to create a clinical referral network. So it may be that over time there doesn't need to be other software because most people end up using HealthKit. Um, and that's the goal. Um, obviously, we're 
fair bit of the way to achieving that in Australia, and we're looking to do that in the other markets that we operate in. So you're setting up here in Cork, but you're obviously going to be expanding out in Europe as well. So mm. have you got an aggressive sales policy, and is it all going to be run out of Cork and Republic of Work where you are right now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why we set up here. It's all about growth. We've got customers across Europe. Um, we've actually translated the software into Dutch. Um, that was our first language that we translated the software into. Um, and then we've got customers in Africa, South Africa, of course, um, other countries in Africa. And so it's all about growth from here, operating out of Cork. So the Irish market is really important to us, but that is a reflection of um, the broader European market. When you found out about Cork, because obviously we're all from Cork and think it's amazing, but you know when you found out that we do have EMEAs based here, for example, Apple has been here since the 1980s. I mean, were you surprised at that when you were looking around trying to find the right place to set up? You know, it's very interesting. When we were looking at whether to go between UK and Ireland, we made the call that Ireland was the right market for us because it had all the pace and capability that we needed um, in terms of workforce as well as the actual establishment of companies. So it wasn't for tax purposes at all. And then over time we learnt that there were all these other companies that were here, also not for tax purposes but because of the workforce. Um, and then Cork, of course, is you know medical centre of excellence. It completely made sense for what we're doing to be here. And how many people are you going to employ here? What's the plan? Oh, the plan is uh, over the next nine months to get to 10 people and then double from there at least. Uh, that's the, the minimum plan. We'll see what happens. Um, and, you know, for us, we, we're achieving growth rates of between 1% and 5% each week. So we need team members that can sustain that growth. It's pretty impressive growth and all we can do is wish you the very best of luck with it. Alison Hardacre and Michael Malone from HealthKit. Thank you very much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you so much. My thanks to all my guests, Nia Hennessy produced, and we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com.